2: All right, everybody, it's our uh, third and final hours. We roll all the way till 3 o'clock. It's always fun when we have a chance to uh, chat with Rob Doster. He was uh, nice enough to take our call, and he's on with us right now. He comes to us on the Draft House 50 hotline, Mill Civic Parkway in West Des Moines. Rob, how are you, man? I'm doing well. What's going on, guys? How are we doing? just, uh, Just a good day. I mean, the tournaments are on TV, so we're watching while we're talking. It doesn't get much better than that.
3: No, man, look. I said this the other day, if I ever run for president, (laughs) I'm going to be running for president on the platform that there should be sports on every afternoon of every day of every week throughout the entire year.
2: I'm voting for you, dude. You got my vote. You got my vote. (laughs) Trent, I got your vote, too.
4: Oh, always. You always got me. Yeah. You don't even need that platform, Rob. You're that good that oh, you don't even need that. You got suck-up. Oh, no, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I know,
3: right? You're just trying to get a cabinet position or something. <laughs> yeah,
4: that's right. That's, that's what I'm looking for, just trying to zero in. So, good, Rob, good you're based in D.C. Yeah. And uh, you got the Big Ten Tournament heading your way here locally out of the whole state of Iowa where I was an important thing, and was playing some good basketball. Only one TV station's going there, not just here in Des Moines. Nobody from eastern Iowa, where Iowa City's located, is right. going. Only one here from Des Moines across the state. What, what is going on here with this D.C. tournament, and does anybody care out there about the Big Ten coming for the tournament?
3: Maryland fans do. Yeah, Maryland fans are, are jacked up about the fact that they're going to be able to get that, uh, guess what amounts to a home game mm-hmm. um, this week. And, you know, there are, like, some big alumni bases here for Wisconsin and Michigan and, and um, some of those programs like that. But overall, it's just, I don't know if having the Big Ten tournament in Washington, D.C. is a smart idea. I get it, right? Like, they're trying to expand here. They got a Big Ten network, all about money and dollars coming in and all that kind of stuff. But, like, go have it in, in Indianapolis or, you know, go have it in Chicago. Or go have it like in we'll wherever it doesn't matter. Like why are you doing it in D.C. when you're, you know, the there's one campus here that's like within driving distance of Washington D.C. It just makes no sense. Right. And I'm not counting Rutgers because, uh, as far <laughs> as I'm concerned, Rutgers is not a part of the Big Ten.
2: Boy, you're not kidding. That we look, we all know it was a money grab, and the, and that was it. And the and the footprint for the Big Ten network. When you talked about alumni bases in that area, are you then indicating that you don't think the crowds will be as bad as what maybe the perception is going to be?
3: Well, I don't think the crowds are going to be great. I don't okay. think they would be as good as if you played it at uh, Indianapolis? What, what's the, yeah, Indianapolis or the United Center or anywhere like that. Um, so I, I certainly think that it's going to look a little bit empty on TV, especially because like the Verizon Center added it is. Just, it never fills up. Like I don't know if you've ever watched Wizard games, but it always seems like it's dead uh, when you watch games on TV. Georgetown, even though know, Georgetown got like 12,000 people at games, which hadn't happened in like three or four years, but even when they were getting that many people, it still just looked like it was empty in that arena. I don't know what it is. It just feels like that arena is always empty. So um, it's, it's going to be a very, very, very interesting thing to see in the next couple days.
4: Rob Doster, NBC Sports, with us on the Draft House 50 Hotline. Rob, you're making your way up to New York City. The ACC tournament's up there. Just started a little bit earlier with Clemson over NC State. That's going to be played at the Barclays Center and also, of course, the Big East tournament at Madison Square Garden. Talking about being a little bit out there, the ACC tournament in Brooklyn. How do you think this one's going to play out as well? Kind of the same frame as the Big Tens in Washington, D.C.?
3: Yeah, but I think it'll be a little bit better in the ACC, uh, just because you know there's a, a very large um, like Duke contingent up there, and North Carolina always gets a good draw up there, and those are really the two fan bases that matter. Louisville fans are going to travel no matter where they go. There's a huge Notre Dame uh, yeah. fan base within the city, so I think that it's going to be better. It'll be better up there. Um, the one the weird thing is going to be like. So the way that the bracket kind of broke down in the ACC is Duke and Louisville playing the quarterfinals, and the winner of that game plays North Carolina in the semifinals. And on the other side of the bracket, it's uh, Virginia Tech, Virginia, Florida State, and Notre Dame. So um, in that quarterfinal that has Virginia Tech and Florida State, I'm guessing that one is probably going to be pretty empty. But Notre Dame, Virginia in the quarterfinal, Duke-Louisville in the quarterfinal, like those – that, that arena is going to be filled to the brim for those. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. And I I agree with you. With the way that the the tournaments are now being played out, look, we've seen great uh, performances in the ACC. We've seen uh, the Big East have great. Of course, the Big East isn't what it used to be, but we have seen unbelievable performances dating all the way back throughout the Big East. Is there a tournament, Rob, that you personally like more than any other.
3: Yeah, and it doesn't exist in the way that it should exist anymore, and that's the Big East tournament.
2: Okay.
3: I, I grew up as a Big East fan. I grew up in Connecticut. I grew up a UConn fan. So when it comes down to it, like, that's what we look forward to almost more than the first week of the tournament was, you know, those four or five days in Madison Square Garden. And I was I was at the six overtime games. I was at those five games when Kevin Walker went on his run. Wow. Uh, you know, at, at the nine, they – Remember, how about this? They were a nine seed playing on the first day of the tournament in 2011 against number 16 seed DePaul in the afternoon. They played the first game, uh, of the day in the Big East and then they went on to beat DePaul. They beat someone else and they beat number one seed Pitt. And when, uh, Ken hit that game winner to make Gary McGee fall, I'm sure everybody remembers that moment just as clearly as I do. Um, and then obviously they went on to win the national title that year. They won, uh, 11 straight games, um, in the month of March, which, uh, you know, it says about all you need to know about that team. But yeah, it, it was those tournaments that we we, we looked for and we loved, and, and you know, it's sad that it's kind of turned into what it's turned into. UConn's now playing in the AAC, where they get conference games against the likes of you know Tulane and Houston and East Carolina, mm-hmm. and um, so it's uh, it's just it's not the same as what it used to be. So uh, that is a little disappointing, and it's kind of taken a little bit of the luster off of this week. So. Uh, my plan is to go to Brooklyn and listen to all the Louisville and North Carolina and Duke fans yell and get really mad about stuff, and <laughs> try to distract myself from the fact that UConn uh, is not in the Big East, and that Big East tournament is just not the same.
4: Yeah. Well, uh, Rob, uh, over the weekend a champion was crowned in the Missouri Valley Conference. Wichita runs away and beats Illinois State. Two part question here. How do you see this Wichita team? The Ken Palm numbers, a lot of the advanced metric numbers really like Wichita, where some other metrics, not so much. And then secondly, Illinois State, not a whole lot of meat on that resume. What kind of shot for the Redbirds to get in?
3: Uh, Very low. I have a feeling that they're probably on the right side of the bubble if the tournament was to start today. But the problem is the tournament is not, not starting today. We have a week worth of games with teams on the bubble where, you know teams like Wake Forest, who's playing right now, or Georgia Tech, who plays later on today, um, Kansas State, who plays in the uh, the Big Twelve tournament. Those guys are going to have a chance to kind of build on their resume. Whereas Illinois State's kind of in the clubhouse right now. It's like when you're uh, if you're sitting there like four under at the end of the PGA or golf tournament, and you know that Tiger Woods is coming up on the back nine, and you're in the clubhouse, and he's at four under as well. You pretty much know that you're sitting there drawing dead just because he's. Uh, we're old Tiger Woods, so maybe that was the wrong example. But you know what I'm saying? Like, yep, no, they, we get it. They're, they're sitting there, and, and they're done. They can't do anything else. Mm-hmm. And they're going to sit there and watch this whole week with all these other bubble teams add to their resume. And I just don't see them having enough on their resume right now to be able to withstand that.
2: Uh, Wake Forest is already putting it on Boston College. They're already up eight here, and we still have eight and a half to go uh, just in the first half. Danny Manning, does he get them in?
3: Yeah, I think they're in. Um, well, as long as they don't lose this game, right, uh, I right. think that they should yeah. be just fine. Okay. Uh, uh, to me, they, they are. I don't even think they'll end up in a playing game. I think that they're probably like a number 11 seed or somewhere around there. So, um, uh, it, what's going to be interesting is George Tech. I think George Tech mm-hmm. probably has to win three games, but I think it's very doable. they got to be pit in the first round, and they get Virginia Tech in the second round. And then they would draw Florida State in the quarterfinals. And if they, uh, that's about as good of a draw as you can get in this ACC going to the, uh, the, the, the uh, semifinals. So I think that Georgia Tech, I mean, they got to win those three games, but I think those games are winnable for them. And if they do do that, then I think we're looking at a situation where the ACC is going to get 11 teams in the dance.
2: Rob Doster, NBC Sports, is our guest on the Draft House 50 Hotline. Did I see it yesterday? Was it NBC Sports that named Gonzaga Mark Few National Coach of the Year? Was that was that correct?
3: Yes, that was us. Okay. I I was outvoted on that. I did not vote for <laughs> okay um, for Mark Few as National Coach of the Year. But I mean, he's got a strong argument for it.
2: Okay, then explain explain how that went down then, and who did you vote for, or can you can you say?
3: <laughs> I can say I voted for Sean Miller. I just think that with everything that that program went through between Ray Smith, tearing his ACL again, and Terrence Ferguson never actually showing up on campus in going throw in Australia, and you know Alonzo Trier getting suspended for the first 19 games of the season, having to lie, rely on uh, three freshmen, two of whom are uh, just The only thing they do consistently is, is play inconsistent basketball. Um, without having a true point guard on the roster, Sean Miller got that team to a... Uh, regular season co-championship in the Big Twelve or in the uh, Pac-12. Um, that's that. That to me is really, really impressive what he was able to do. But I get it with Mark you know, that team, their top five scores played a, a total of six games last year. right? Mm-hmm. Um, and you put all that together with the fact that they ended up going 29 and one, or 30 or 31, or whatever they are now. They have one loss in the year, so uh, you really cannot argue with that record. And um, frankly, if they had gone 33 and 0. I would have voted for him for National Coach of the Year just because it's my rule where if you go undefeated in the regular season, you are the National Coach of the Year. I I think that that, um, we should put that in stone and uh, just accept that as a fact of life. Um, And really, when it comes down to it, what's the difference between 33 and 0 and 32? So I I get it, um, but I did not vote for Mark Few.
4: Okay, Rob, let's jump back uh, and, and stay in the West Coast for a moment the three Pac-12 schools at the top, Arizona, Oregon, uh, they're with UCLA and then Gonzaga. Is it a four-team race for one spot? Can uh, one from the Pac-12 and Gonzaga get a number one seat? How does it play out out there? And with it, you got some teams that are going to have to be moving around a little bit because of brin- uh, bracketing principles and going to be some moving parts, maybe one of those teams that gets knocked off in the semifinals being shipped east.
3: Yeah, it's, it's- To me, that is the biggest storyline coming out of Championship Week: is who ends up getting the number one seed out west, and then who ends up being the highest-rated team or highest-ranked team from the Pac-12, because only one of them can be out west. Mm -hmm. You can only have one team in the top four seeds from each conference in each region, unless there are five top four seeds coming from a conference. That's one of the bracketing principles, the way that I understand it, and all of Arizona. UCLA and Oregon are going to end up being top four seeds. So only one of them can be out west. And the question is, who is it going to be? And to me, it's going to end up being the team that um, that wins the Pac-12 tournament. So who gets that award where they get a chance to play their first-round games in Sacramento and play their second-week games in San Jose? Uh, I mean, that's a huge benefit as opposed to having to go, you know, Play Villanova in New York in the Sweet 16, or having to go and, uh, and and deal with North Carolina in the South, or Kansas in the Midwest, It's a huge advantage. Um, say nothing of having you know Gonzaga be the other top seed in your region. That helps too. Uh, but it's also you could end up getting a number one seed there. I don't think that it's out of the question that the winner of Pac 12 tournament, especially if it's uh, UCLA or Arizona, mm-hmm. would have to beat. Um, Two of the top three teams in that conference to be able to win the Pac-12 tournament at that point, they not actually have a resume that is strong enough to uh, be seeded above thirty-two and one um, Gonzaga. Gonzaga. So, however, that plays out is going to be a fascinating uh, thing to watch. And, and that's before you even consider the fact that, hey, you know what, Gonzaga still has to beat St. Mary's tonight. St. Mary's is a pretty dang good team, um, and, and Gonzaga has not exactly played well in the last two weeks,
2: no, you're right. they uh, they struggled last night against Santa Clara, and then St. Mary's just blew out uh, BYU in the second half. How do you view them this game tonight? Could St. Mary's beat them on a neutral court?
3: Uh, I think so. You know, I think St. Mary's is a really good team. Um, I just I have a feeling that Gonzaga is going to actually show up tonight because when Gonzaga shows up, I don't think that St. Mary's can, can hang with him. I think Gonzaga is that good. But the 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 question is, um, which Gonzaga team is going to show up—the one that couldn't really deal with Pacific and couldn't really deal with uh, Santa Clara last night, or the one that won the first twenty-nine games of the season?
4: Rob Doster with us, NBCSports.com. Rob, we finish up with a look here locally. Iowa, Iowa State—we know the Cyclones solidly into the tournament regardless of what happens in the Big 12s for them. The Hawkeyes still with work to do after those road victories against Maryland and against Wisconsin. Iowa, does it get in with two wins, a win against Indiana and a win against Wisconsin, or do you think there's even more work to be had for the Hawkeyes?
3: I think they probably need to get three wins simply because, you know, how many teams are going to be able to beat Wisconsin before we start mm-hmm. saying that, you know what, maybe beating Wisconsin is not all that good of a win. Ooh. Um, so I think they probably need to get three to feel comfortable. But, you know, uh, to, if they get two wins, mm-hmm. then they're at least going to be able to get a good little sweat in on selection Sunday. But I think they need at least two to be in the conversation, three to feel comfortable.
2: Okay. All right. Um, Purdue, if they don't win the tournament, are they still four or five?
3: Oof, that's tough. I think it kind of depends on what happens around them. Okay. Um, but – I, I think that they are going to end up winning that tournament, simply because I don't think that anyone else in the, the Big Ten is really all that good. Like, it's such a weird year in the Big Ten, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it's there's no real national title contender in the conference. Um, and, like, anybody that's watched a lot of Big Ten basketball can, like, say, yeah, it's down. Indiana's not all that good. Ohio State's not all that good. Michigan State has, like, three players that haven't had season-ending knee injuries. So, um it it's, it feels like it's not a good year in the Big Ten, yet they might be able to get seven or eight teams, maybe even nine. If Illinois wins a couple of games, too, they might even be able to get nine teams in the tournament.
4: It's wild. Yeah. I, I mean, in a year like this, that it could be nine teams that make it there and only five, perhaps, out of the Big 12. Rob, we're out of time. Always good catching up with you. Enjoy New York City.
2: Always a pleasure, guys. Thank you, Rob. See you, bud. There you go. Rob
4: Doster, NBC Sports,
2: on the Draft House 50 hotline. He's fun to talk to. He's going to have a great time at that tournament. So Rob says three for Iowa. Three for Iowa. You and I thought it would be two, two. and they would be in.
4: I think three's a lock.
2: Three's oh, a lock. Three. they are yeah. a lock, yes.
4: Two we both feel confident yes, with. Yes, we do. Rob, not so much. And again, it goes back to what we've talked about right. the last couple of weeks. Losses. It's not
2: just about you. Yeah, you got to see whoever who's going to win and who's going to lose. What, yeah. if, what
4: if Kansas State's yeah. playing for the Big 12 championship? Yeah. What, what if one of the teams here, in the ACC, gets hot? You mm-hmm. know, Syracuse beats North Carolina. Well, he, mentioned, he mentioned Georgia Tech too. Georgia Tech. There's another one. Wake Forest, though, in a bit of a tussle. All with of a Boston, sudden, College.
2: yeah, yeah. BC just climbed back in this game. You know, it's, it's, it's. I I think what happens because we're in the state of Iowa bubble. Sometimes we don't have the tendency to explore other teams, and you forget. That those other teams have similar records or are fighting Mm -hmm. for the same spot. Yeah, and that's what we're here for.
4: Explain it to them. That's why we do. Help them out. Yes. That's what we got to do. That's our job. Coming to you live from the Wolf Construction Roofing Studios, Jimmy B and TC. Coming up a little bit later on this hour, we'll go inside that matchup in game one of the Big Ten tournament for the Hawkeyes as they get Indiana from the Indianapolis Stars. Zach Osterman's going to join us. We'll talk with him about that matchup. Tom Crean how much trouble he is in, and just overall thoughts with the Big Ten Tournament. Got time for your phone calls as well. You can join us here at 515-264-1700. Back with more here in a moment.
1: The big games play here. Westwood One Sports on Des Moines Station for News Talk Sports. 1700 KBGG. Hey, it's Jimmy B
4: and TC for Draft House Fifty on Mill Civic Parkway in West Des Moines. Hey, Draft House Fifty has forty-seven big-screen TVs for great viewing of any game—football, basketball,
2: baseball, hockey, golf, tennis—you name it. Hey, the Draft House Fifty can get it—even cricket. Draft House Fifty has a sensational menu featuring specialty burgers, steak,
4: salads, and so much more. And on Saturday and Sunday, beginning at ten a.m., it's brunch, which includes a terrific Bloody Mary bar. The Draft House 50, a place for sports, great food and drinks. Draft House 50, Mill Civic Parkway in West Des
5: Moines.
6: At Lowe's, we know that pros need to be ready. Ready to measure and level, ready to drill, ready to install. And during the Ready to Refresh event, Lowe's has everything a pro needs for less. Right now, pro customers can save up to 15% on select Rubbermaid wire closet shelving and save 10% on all american Olean wall and floor tile. See the Pro Desk in store for details and get ready to refresh and save at Lowe's. Rubbermaid offer applies to contractor pack items U.S. only.
7: Sometimes diabetes can feel more like don't-a-betes. do not do this. Don't forget that. But with a little help from Walgreens, diabetes won't slow you down. Stop by for expert pharmacy care in-store or online via pharmacy chat. Pick up the medications you rely on and get savings on testing supplies from all major brands like OneTouch and Walgreens TrueMetrics. Walgreens has just what you need to do more with diabetes. Walgreens, at the corner of happy and healthy.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, today's opponents on man versus train. At the crossing, we have Rick, a 175-pound frustrated man who's running late for work. And on the tracks, we have Bull, a million-pound freight train that takes a mile to stop. Let's see who comes out on top. You can't beat a train, so don't try. Stop. Trains can't. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. $480 for TV, $180 for Internet.
5: Equipment, non-return, fees conditions play. Call for details. Offer ends one twenty one seventeen.
1: Back to the Wolf Construction Roofing Studio. Sponsored by Wolf Construction Roofing. It's Jimmy B
2: and TC. All right, everybody. We are back. We roll all the way up until uh, 3 o'clock today, and we're talking a lot of basketball. By the way, uh, coming up at uh, 240, uh, Zach Osterman, uh, Indianapolis star, on indiana we'll pick his brain a little bit about the hoosiers as they will play iowa of course in the first game between those two teams uh coming up in the big 10 tournament that is set for what six thirty, and it'll be a espn2 game 5 30 correct i looked at the eastern time of course you i did. did
4: yes you fall into that Five, trap a lot. i,
2: I try that get i get trapped like that you do you yeah. do well, you know, when it, I don't pay that close of attention, and then when I was out west doing uh, last week doing the uh, basketball tournament, mm-hmm. I kept looking at you know at my watch, and I forgot to change it, <laughs> so I was all screwed up. You're a disaster. I'm uh, pretty close. Pretty close. I showed up. Normally, I tell you, I show up at a game hour and a half, two hours mm-hmm. in advance. I was at three hours at one, at the first because I looked got there at, a little early. Huh? I looked at the watch wrong. Place was just beginning to open up. Where is everybody?
4: <laughs> Not there yet, Jimmy B. They're off enjoying a cocktail. Oh man! So, uh, what are you most excited for tonight? Of course, the headline game because it is two ranked teams is in the WCC with Gonzaga and St. St. Mary's. But, yes, you know the way Gonzaga is pretty easily dispatched in both. They times, have both times. Is there any other mid-major tournament you're excited about this evening? South Dakota State Omaha. Get to see your boy TJ. I'm going to watch some of that just because it's TJ's team. How about the Northeast Conference? You know these teams, Mount St. Mary's and St. Francis? I I do know Mount St. Mary's and St. Francis, but no. Was it Jim Palin?
2: Wasn't he the longtime coach there? Yes. Won
4: like hundreds
2: and hundreds of games. Thousands, it seems like,
4: yeah. Uh and that was at Mount Saint Mary's. How about the Horizon League? That get you pumped up tonight with the Norse from northern Kentucky against (laughs) eleven win Milwaukee. I thought they were the bird feed. No, no. no. Okay, whatever they were. You said grasshoppers earlier. Yeah, that too.
2: Uh, no, it doesn't.
4: No, no. Lavelle not. Jordan, good guy. Nah, I know. Come on. Nah. Nah, I,
2: okay. All right. You talked me into it, kind of. <laughs> That's at six o'clock. If it's cl-
4: if it's close, yeah. I'll watch the last five minutes. i
2: I'm, I'm, I'm I know that I'll lock in for Gonzaga and St. Mary's tonight. Okay. Um, I'm just trying to think. ACC will be playing as well. Correct.
4: Uh, just one more game in the ACC tonight. Yeah, it'll be Georgia Tech
2: Pitt. It's not a great game. No,
4: but I'll see, put, I'm more excited about like South Dakota State Omaha.
2: You know, yeah, I want that that. be for that. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, it's not a question of excitement. I think I will sample it just to see what. Jo- I haven't seen a lot of Georgia Tech, mm-hmm. so I just want to see what they do.
4: Chris Bosch is not on their team.
2: I know that. No, no. Yeah, but Pasner is the coach.
4: No. Kenny Anderson is not there. He's not there. No Dennis Scott. Oh
2: man. No. Oh. I
4: miss 3D. <laughs> he was the man. Dennis Scott, Brian Oliver. Oh yeah, that team. They they were good. So last night, uh, the Twitter feed for CBS Sports they sure. threw out a question, and they're asking like your favorite just random college basketball players that you liked throughout time. Oh okay. Now that team was one of the first. I really love that team, and I, that Elite Eight game with them in Minnesota. Yeah. It was Willie Burton. Yes. For Minnesota. Yeah. He had the broken nose. Remember he had the The mask thing on? The, and it wasn't like the mask no. you see today. No, uh uh-uh. The plastic it, it, mask. It was a mask. It was, <laughs> it was like this foam, yeah. like a tan color yeah, to yeah, it. Yeah. And I loved it because not only Willie Burton was fun to watch. They beat you and I that year in the round of thirty two mm-hmm. after you and I had beat Missouri. But uh uh Goldie, the mascot. Oh, you like the mascot? The mascot. No, the mascot. They concocted some kind of mask for him that he put over and he oh, wore during scream. the tournament. Yeah. Oh what a scream. That game was a lot of fun. Yeah. Up and down, back and forth. And Amir Coffey's dad, I believe, was on that team. Wow. And Richard Coffey yeah. on that would have been about that yeah. time period. I'm not positive on that, but I think he was on that wow, team too. That's incredible. So, yeah, that was a real good one. And uh, so I was just thinking some of just random guys. God sham God from Providence. Oh, sure. Just because of the name. Yes. And he was actually fun to watch. Yeah. He was, he was a fun player to watch on top of it. That's one. There was a guy a few years ago at Ole Miss. Well, a few years ago now. It's probably 12 years ago. Right. Uh, uh, Todd Abernathy. Just I... a, he was jacked. He had big muscles. Yep. He's a point guard. He wasn't really that good, but I just love watching him out there. Like, uh, what's he going to do? Lift weights at halftime <laughs> out there. <laughs> loved watching that guy. There's just guys that you always kind of gravitate to. One of my first ever, though, was Lionel Simmons. Oh, it LaSalle. You, you remember him the well, the train, sure. yeah, yes, the El train, yeah. I thought he was going to be a star in the NBA.
2: I did too. No. Didn't, didn't work out. Didn't
4: translate. Uh, he
2: had, I mean, he had a couple of seasons, and that was it.
4: But didn't he average like twenty-eight and twelve he or was, something like he that? He was nuts. Yeah, really good. So you yeah. got any guys that jump off? Just we know Jimmer. You, you've already brought up Jimmer, so I'm, I'm going even further back. Well, of course you will. Okay. Here we go. We're going to go back to 1942. No, we're not going
2: quite that far, but close. I remember the matchup, the first matchup, not not in the tournament, but then it, it happened again in the tournament, between UCLA and Houston, and it was then Lou Alcinder at UCLA and Elvin Hayes at Houston. And they played it in the Astrodome and they had fifty thousand people mm-hmm. show up for that. Then they got into the tournament, and I think, if memory serves me correctly, uh, Lou Alcindor—now, of course, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar—had uh, an eye injury, but he still played. But he didn't play that well, and Houston won the game. Then, when they met, and I think it was in the semifinals of the uh, NCAA tournament at that time, Lou Alcindor just put it on him, mm-hmm. and they ended up beating Houston and ended up winning everything. The other another game that I really go back to is Bill Walton at UCLA. Now you got to remember I was living on the West Coast. Mm-hmm. So Bill Walton at UCLA matched up then against Memphis State. And Walton was 21 of 22 mm-hmm. from the floor. Scores 44 points in the final in the final. Scores forty four, twenty one of twenty two. So I mean those things I don't think those things ever go away. You, yeah, you know, they're always back in the in the back of your mind someplace.
4: The other one for me, I always there's always kind of teams you gravitate to when you're growing up. And I always like Saint John's. Always liked sure. St. John's. They were Back in the 80s. Karnasek was. Yeah. yeah you Mullen, had to have a Big East you, team, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. And a lot of my buddies, they like Georgetown. I'm like, nah, nah uh-huh. I don't I don't like Georgetown. UConn kind of became a flavor later in the 90s yeah. with Tate George and company. But I like I like St. John's. I like Chris Mullen. That was a part of it. Sure. And then they went through a real down stretch. Yes, they did. Throughout most of the 90s before Felipe Lopez came there. Felipe Lopez, he was on yeah. the, uh He was on the front of Sports Illustrated. And the reason that I kind of got back in love with that that team is because of their uniforms. You remember those uniforms that they got when Felipe Lopez committed there? I got a pair of the shorts. Do you really? Oh yeah, and and I got them in middle school, and I had them probably until a couple of years ago before they're just falling fall apart. apart. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're were
2: <laughs> you weren't you weren't dropped twenty yeah. years
4: old. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the elastic was gone, the spring was gone, it was Everything. It was a desert. I just loved the shorts, though. They had like the the skyline. Okay, of oh, of New York, of New City. York City on it, yeah, and they were just so cool looking. Do you? Oh no! And that's another thing for me. You know, yeah, me and uniforms. I know, Yeah, I know you like it. If, if there's a cool uniform, I like the team.
2: You, I don't. Maybe you weren't alive yet. I'm gonna guess not. The uniform. Most of your references, I'm not. The uniforms that were worn that were not tucked in by Marquette.
4: Okay, that's Butch,
2: Butch Lee yeah. and those guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and that was like a big uniform breakthrough.
4: Well, recently that happened, at yeah. semi recently. Yeah, you remember who did it?
2: New Mexico State.
4: No, it is uh, a team with local ties from the Missouri Valley Conference. Wasn't Creighton? Was it? No, Evansville. Oh, they did. And they also your, had the jerseys they, the, with the sleeves. With the sleeves, yes. Yeah. Now, yes. What an awful Yeah, look.
2: that was a bad look.
4: Oh, the Purple Aces.
2: Yes, that was a bad look, yeah.
4: They had the sleeve uniforms when they played Florida State back in, I think it was Bob Surra, Charlie Ward era. Yeah. And the only reason I remember that game is because in Sports Illustrated, I'm, we're talking before the internet. Sure. And you get your bracket and they also had their projected bracket. Yeah, you did. And one of their bracketing rules was you gotta have a fourteen over mm-hmm. three. At that time it happened like five of the last six years. I'm like, yeah. All right, I'm gonna go with Sports Illustrated. No, no. no. Evansville got throttled in that game. <laughs> Absolutely throttled. <laughs> Stupid Sports <laughs> Illustrated. Didn't win my bracket pull of that year. <laughs> that's pretty funny.
2: That that's good stuff. I was just trying to think of one other game that um in more recent history uh, that impacted me. And it was Harold the Show Arsenal.
4: Yes, was that Weber State? Weber State out. Yeah, playing out there against yes. Carolina. Yes. Oh, that game was so much fun. Oh man, that was a good one. There is no talent. Harold the Show Arsenal. What did he go for? Like thirty went, six? Went nuts. Yeah.
2: And then went to the NBA, never heard of again. Yeah. He's gone. That'll happen, you know. Rick
4: Mount, but he'll go down son. in infamy. Oh yeah, out there in Carolina lore.
2: That's it. Yep. Yep. Harold the Show Arsenal. great nickname. I love that. I, I love that nickname. All right, uh, we got to what uh, Zach coming up, right?
4: Yes, we're going to talk Indiana, Iowa coming up next with Zach Osterman from the Indianapolis Star. He'll join us live here from the Wolf Construction Roofing Studios. We're back in a moment.
0: Hey, Des Moines, I'm Dave Ramsey. Join me every Monday through
1: Friday from 9 till noon. Courtesy of Mediacom Careers. On 1700
0: KBGG.
4: The weather's warming up, and it's time to think about your spring projects. Wolf Construction Roofing can take any roofing job, large and small. Flat roofs, sloped or pitched.
1: Grammy-nominated Joe Bonamassa, hailed as one of the world's greatest guitar players.
7: Nine, 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 nine,
4: nine, nine.
1: Blues rock titan Joe Bonamassa, live in concert on Thursday, March 9th at the Des Moines Civic Center.
2: Blue's
1: it's on sale now at the Venue Box Office and at Des MoinesPerformingArts.org. Joe Bonamassa. Don't miss your chance to experience the guitar event of the
6: year.
7: Sometimes diabetes can feel more like do not Don't do this. Don't forget that. But with a little help from Walgreens, diabetes won't slow you down. Stop by for expert pharmacy care in-store or online via pharmacy chat. Pick up the medications you rely on and get savings on testing supplies from all major brands like OneTouch and Walgreens TrueMetrics. Walgreens has just what you need to do more with diabetes. Walgreens, at the corner of happy and healthy. Here's a
6: question for you. Do you know this song? (laughs) Okay, let's think about this. Why is it that everyone remembers hundreds of songs, almost note for note, they never set out to memorize? That's the power of sound. It's sticky. When you hear a song, or maybe a good advertising message, with some frequency week after week for about six months, it gets into your long-term memory even when you don't intend it to. You remember it because you heard it. That's why radio is the sticky advertising medium. You don't hear a newspaper or billboard, and really not a web page or a Facebook ad. Okay, TV has the power of sound, too, but advertising on TV week after week can be pretty expensive. With radio, you can afford to get sticky. Then, when somebody's in the market for what you sell, who are they going to remember? If you want them to remember you, take advantage of radio. The Power of Sound.
5: It's tournament time, and as tournament talk heats up, we focus on the local teams every Tuesday night. Fourth in Danger is every Tuesday night from 6 to 7 on 1700 KBGG. We talk everything sports, including Iowa, Iowa State, and so much more. Catch it live on the Big Talker 1700 KBGG. Fourth in Danger with me, Danger, Will Drury, Levi from Hawkeye Heaven, and special guests. It's tournament time. Don't miss it. Every Tuesday night from 6 to 7, Fourth in Danger on 1700
4: KBG. Trey Condon here, and I want to tell you about our great friends at Draft House 50 on Mill Civic Parkway in West Des Moines. If you're looking for basketball, you're not going to find a better place in the metro than Draft House 50. Big screen TVs across the bar, sound on for the local games, and great brews to go along with it. Don't forget about the food. Classic bar food with an upscale style and a tap system like you've never seen before. Draft House 50, Mill Civic Parkway in West Des Moines.
0: See you soon.
2: It's a family membership add-on special. It's Aspen, West Glen, Town Center, West Des Moines. Jim Brenson, Trent Condon, it's
1: Jimmy B and TC on 1700 KBGG, live from the Wolf Construction Studio, sponsored by Wolf Construction
2: Roofing. Here's Jim and Trent. All right, everybody, it's our final segment, but we did save the best for last. Uh, it is going to be fun to talk to Zach Osterman, uh, Indianapolis star, and he covers Indiana hoops. Uh, he comes to us on the Draft House 50 hotline, Mills Civic Parkway, West Des Moines. Zach, good afternoon to you, pal. Hey, thanks for having me. Hey, Zach, let's start first here. Uh it seems that it has been a real struggle for Indiana. Even your dog agrees all season long. All season <laughs> Sorry long. Sorry about that. No, no, that's fine. I, we, Trent, Trent and I both like dogs. Uh, what, what has been the problem that you've been able to surmise for this team?
8: Well, I think there have been a few. You know, Indiana obviously started the season so well with the Kansas and UNC right. wins. But yep. even then, they were turning the ball over a lot more than they, they really Needed to, and, and I think that teams kind of figured out how to really take advantage of some of Indiana's vulnerabilities in transition, um, and that made those turnovers all the more damaging. I mean, if you look at the points they're giving up off turnovers, I mean, the, the, the differential in Big Ten play is, is I think, triple digits now. Um, you know, early in the season, they lost to Wisconsin. They gave up 13, 23 points off just 13 turnovers. They finished... Two losses against Michigan, I think minus 35 in points off turnovers differential. So that was a big part of it. The, the, the defense really kind of was deep-sixed by some of those turnovers. And then there have been injuries. You know, what I've always kind of said is the injuries certainly did not predate the problems that have taken this season apart for Indiana. They probably just made it more or less impossible for Indiana to fix itself, for lack of a better term. And so the injuries have caused kind of some backslides, I think, in, in some issues like like foul trouble. The Iowa game, that was an obvious example. Also, Indiana was a fantastic rebounding team that they've struggled to really replicate that without some of the guys they've lost. So it's kind of been a perfect storm of problems and weaknesses and issues that existed uh pre injuries and, and then ones that were kind of exacerbated once the injuries you know really started to pile up.
4: Well, anytime, Zach, you watch an Indiana game, uh, I think the question always is Why don't they just give Thomas Bryant the ball more? We saw here a couple weeks ago over in Iowa City a time where he's just screaming for the basketball. It's got to be frustrating. I mean, Bryant, the guy, is an incredible talent. Is it just the guard's inability to get him the ball? Is it Blackman deciding to do his own thing? What is the reason that you don't see as many touches as maybe you'd want for Thomas Bryant?
8: I think it's it's a little bit of of both. Um, I think Bryant still... I'm not sure anybody on this team individually misses Yogi Ferrell more than Thomas Bryant, because by the end of last season, they had such a good high-low game together. I mean, Bryant shot almost 71% on two-pointers last season, and a lot of that, I think he's down to 56 or 57%. Now, which isn't bad, but, I mean, last season was just wildly efficient. And I think what he's missing is a point guard that can just set him up with such easy, you know, lay-ins and dunks and kind of drive-and-dump kind of situations. Um Indiana has not really been able to figure out a consistent solution to its, its lack of a point guard, a true point guard anyway, all season. Um, and it's tried a lot of different stuff, and just nothing's quite stuck. Some guys have, have done well in spurts, but nobody's really like taken hold of that position. And, and so I think that that, plus the fact that Indiana probably not quite as lethal of a three-point shooting team this year as it's been the last couple of years, means that they can't space the floor quite as well and you just wind up and I mean you know most teams if not all teams now double Thomas Bryant pretty hard when he gets the ball in the post because right. they're confident that they can they have enough time to get back out in rotation and, and force the ball into the hands of somebody who's not going to be able to shoot it or you know drive and, and really make a lot of hay around the rim so it's it's a little bit Bryant and probably still needing to advance as a true post player um, it's a little bit maybe lacking that point guard it's a little bit what Indiana's lost in terms of not being able to space the floor the way that they certainly were the last couple of seasons and obviously last year when they won the Big Ten. Um,
2: the question then comes, does the injury factor, does that save Tom Crean's job? You know,
8: I, I, and, and obviously <laughs> this has kind of been the question that has followed us sure, in the media around uh, the last month. It's hard to get a firm read on, on exactly where that is because on the one hand, I do think Indiana's, Athletic director Fred Glass, he's a guy who, by his own nature, is kind of cautious in that job. You know, I don't know that he's necessarily um, ready to pull the trigger, um, you know, just because of one bad season injuries or not. On the other hand, we've seen um, Tom Crean's name linked to a number of open or potentially open high major jobs. NC State, he was heavily linked at one point. There seems to be a, a really strong sort of Buzz around him in Missouri right now, and the the third kind of complicating factor is that after Crean's um, contract rolls over at the fiscal year, so on July 1st he will move into the um, the third to last year of his contract, he only have three years remaining, including next season, and he's kind of getting to that point where if you're Indiana, you need to extend him. Mm-hmm. But I don't necessarily sense that Indiana has, you know, even if even if Fred Glass isn't ready to kind of force him out and move on I also don't get the sense that he is has much of an appetite for extending Tom Crean right now especially off a season like this one so it's, it's a really complicated like juggling act and you know would would Crean have in, interest in maybe moving on kind of being able to call his own shot and move on on his own I'm not sure but again we see his name linked to a lot of different jobs um the next two three weeks particularly if Indiana's stay in the Big Ten tournament is brief, are going to be pretty fascinating in Bloomington. I do believe that.
4: Well, the recruiting class coming in next year for Indiana, no headliners in there, uh, a couple of guys that are right around the top 100. But, you know, no McDonald's All-Americans at, at this point. Crean may be losing some momentum out there on the recruiting trail. If a change is made, is there going to be a clamoring for Steve Alford to return home and go to Bloomington or – is there still a, a big portion of the fan base that uh, has concerns about Alford if he would come back?
8: You know, it, it's hard to say, and, and that's kind of the what's sort of simmering on the back burner. If there is some kind of change, whether the university decides to move on or, or Crean decides to move on, obviously we've been trying to sort of keep one hand on that wheel as well. I think I certainly think there would be interest in, in Alford, uh, Oh, excuse me, Alfred. Um, you know it. it he is was probably, during his playing career at Indiana, one of the most popular Hoosiers of all time, just mm-hmm. because of his backstory, playing for his dad growing up in state, won a national title, all those kinds of things. On the other hand, I do think that, I mean, look, it's been 30 years since that team won a national title, um, and I'm not sort of drawing some kind of metaphorical parallel between Steve Alford and, and what's happened to Indiana, um, but if it's been 30 years since they won that national title, you know, it's also been a pretty long time for this fan base to kind of move through maybe its its romantic attachments to its past. And I think the tradition will always remain. And certainly a segment of the fan base that, that can remember more vividly, you know, the 1980s and some of those sort of glory days, Bob pop teams, w- will feel very strongly about Alford. On the other hand, I think that Indiana if the job did come open, would certainly want to keep its options open in terms of just seeing if it came open, who would get interested, who would be involved. Because a lot of times, you know, if, if you – I'm not saying Indiana could pull a really big sort of younger name, but guys like that don't tend to pursue jobs when they're not open because they don't have to. Mm-hmm. So I think Oliver would absolutely be on the list. Um, I can't tell you he'd be the prohibitive number one candidate – even though he's obviously having a, a very good season this year at UCLA.
2: Uh, take me then to the matchup between Iowa and Indiana. Uh, both these teams, Iowa rolling right now. Indiana finally got back off the schneid and won a couple. So how do you perceive this?
8: Well, I mean, you obviously look at i mean, the, the, the big story in the, the game they played in Iowa City was the free throws. And right. That's been a problem that Indiana's faced um all season i mean they they finished the the ohio state game was only the second game in nine big 10 road games where they did not finish in a negative free throw attempts differential to their opponent i mean they've just they've struggled to keep out of foul trouble to keep opponents off the free throw line all year um and and as aggressive as iowa can be with guys like peter jock and i think jordan Bohans getting better and better as well you know i think that that makes them more dangerous at the same time you know, the, the one thing it feels like I always say when these two teams get together um, is that neither one of them real, you know, I think sometimes both teams hope that stylistically they can impose themselves on opponents. Neither one of these teams is going to really care about playing fast. You know, and I know it's March, and, and I know it probably, I mean, it does just mean more for Iowa right now because they're playing to try and get into the tournament kind of last minute. Indiana will not see the field of 68 without winning the Big Ten tournament. Um And I certainly think Indiana can win the game. uh, But it's just kind of one of those where Indiana's got to figure out the foul issues. Indiana's got to make some shots. Um, I don't think Indiana's going to be put off by Iowa, you know, playing fast. But Indiana's going to have to be careful against that press too. I forget exactly what the turnover numbers were in Iowa City, but they weren't great. Um, You know, Iowa can just do so many different things defensively. They can press. They'll play man. They'll play zone. Indiana's got to be ready to figure that out in real time, too, because that, that gave them trouble down the stretch.
4: Line, so. Yeah, Indiana turned it over 22 times in yeah. that game. And uh, well, one thing we can all agree with, Zach, I don't think we're going to see Peter Jack at the free-throw line <laughs> 23 times coming up Thursday evening.
8: Probably not, but hey, you never you never know. Like I said, I mean, it, it really, fouling is kind of, fouls have been a problem for Indiana. All season, and, and maybe not to that degree, but but they've really struggled mm-hmm. to. And, and frankly, I mean, they did very well, I thought, to, to win uh, their regular season finale in Columbus. But in that game, um, Ohio State shot, I think, fourteen of twenty-two from the line and missed the front end of three or four one-and-one opportunities. So, you know, they won that game by four. If you really start to sort of average it out, Ohio State probably left a lot of opportunities to. to make a better run and a win in that game at the free throw line. Um, it could have come back to hurt them there more than it did.
2: Before we uh, let you run, we'll let you go here. Uh, you okay with what's going on right now with the Big Ten and moving out of Indianapolis and now at Maryland? Well, it's in D.C., which is Maryland, and then Madison Square Garden next year. How do you your feelings on that?
8: Yeah, you know, I think I'm willing to just kind of give it a look and okay. see what it looks like and and – Right now, anyway, the Big Ten only has plans, at least sort of publicly, to, to do this once where they go through D.C. and New York. I also completely understand. I mean, look, I grew up in, in Georgia. I mean, you know, the idea of the SEC stretching into Missouri and the ACC stretching into upstate New York is just as crazy to me as the Big Ten stretching into New Jersey probably is to folks who grew up watching Steve Alford play for IU. for right. example. So, it's, you know, I get that, that – the college landscape has shifted, um, and, and I do love when fans sort of, you know, you get like an Indiana fan, for example, that complains about it, and it's like, well, yeah, but look around at all the facilities enhancements your department's been able to enjoy and how much more money they're paying their coaches than they used to, and do, do you realize those two things are kind of directly related? Um, but I, I, I say give it a shot, see what it looks like once, you know, this week this this upcoming weekend in D C mm-hmm. see what it looks like next year in New York and then reevaluate. I, I wouldn't force it if you can't get a lot of good attendance and things like that. But why not just just give it a shot, see what it looks like. It's it's not gonna hurt. It may not may not be the best thing in the world, but I, I, I think everybody's gonna the sun's still gonna come up next Monday <laughs> yeah, morning. Well, oh, well, yeah, you're, all right. you're right,
2: yep.
4: Well, Zach, enjoy your time out there in D.C. We'll catch up again down the road. Always good talking with you. Thanks a lot, Zach.
2: Absolutely. Thanks for having me. See you. Good stuff. On the Draft House 50 hotline, Mill Civic Parkway, West Des Moines, Zach Osterman, Indianapolis star.
4: Good follow on Twitter as well. Getting an eye on the Indiana perspective. Yeah. Thursday night, 530 with the tip out there in D.C. Well, we're out of show, Jimmy. We're done. I got a pick for you. Okay. Northern Kentucky. Lay the five and a half.
2: That's, that's what that, you're I, taking I, I'm tonight? I'm loving it.
4: All right. Loving it. All right. Do it, Jimmy B. Find right. one of your buddies at the bar and bet with him.
2: I got a dollar. Bet a drink on it. I got a dollar. So I'm, I'm good. I'll lay that one out. I'll put it on the bar and say, dude, here's my, here's my deal tonight. Northern Kentucky, I'm in for a
4: buck. And remember, they're the Norse, not the grasshoppers.
2: That's true. I got that. Yes, the Norse. Yes. Nowhere
4: for you to go, though. We got Marty and Miller. They come your way next.
2: The big games play here.
1: Westwood One Sports on Des Moines Station for News Talk Sports. 1700 KBGG. The Spa at West Glen, a personal journey for the mind, body, and spirit. Treat yourself with massage therapies including Swedish massage, deep tissue massage, and the signature service from the Spa at West Glen, the West Glen Body Ritual. The Spa at West Glen also provides injectables, facials, chemical peels, and medical spa treatments including Dermapen along with nutritional services. Look and feel your best with help from the Spa at West Glen. And the Spa at West Glen makes a great gift for the special lady in your life believe me call the spa at west glenn at 515-225-2642 that's 515-225-2642 or check them out online at relaxdes Moines.com. dr. Heidi cook and the spa at west glenn
0: See you soon.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, today's opponents on man versus train. At the crossing, we have Rick, a 175-pound frustrated man who's running late for work. And on the tracks, we have Bull, a million-pound freight train that takes a mile to stop. Let's see who comes out on top. You can't beat a train, so don't try. Stop. Trains can't. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration.
7: Sometimes diabetes can feel more like do not Don't do this. Don't forget that. But with a little help from Walgreens, diabetes won't slow you down. Stop by for expert pharmacy care in-store or online via pharmacy chat. Pick up the medications you rely on and get savings on testing supplies from all major brands like OneTouch and Walgreens TrueMetrics. Walgreens has just what you need to do more with diabetes. Walgreens, at the corner of happy and healthy.
5: Don't miss this amazing limited time offer from Sprint. Switch and get four lines of unlimited data, talk and text, plus HD video and 10 gigabytes of mobile hotspot, all for just $22.50 per month per line for four lines. Just $22.50 per line. That's 50% off Verizon and AT&T rates. And don't forget, Sprint's network reliability is within 1% of Verizon and AT&T. So why would you pay twice as much for your unlimited plan? Hurry in for the best unlimited plan ever. Visit Sprint.com unlimited
6: or call 1-800-SPRINT-1 today. After 330, 18, $60 for line one, $40 line two, and $30, lines three through four per month. Coverage and offer not everywhere, excludes taxes, surcharges, roaming, and premium content. Streams video up to HD 1080p, music up to 1.5 megabits per second, and gaming up to 8 megabits per second. Credit $30 activation fee, prohibited network use rules, data deprioritization, and restrictions apply.
1: 1700 KBGG is the big talker in Des Moines
0: with Dave Ramsey talking about your money and your life. You can do this. You know, that really is a message. Whether you've got $270,000 in student loan debt or $27,000. Whether you've got a $50,000 income or a $500,000 income.
1: Dave Ramsey, weekdays 9 till noon. Sponsored by Mediacom Careers. Count it
7: down.
8: three.
6: So subscribe.